0: Welcome to Next in Nonprofits. I'm Steve Boland, and I am very pleased to be joined today by Rebecca Massisak, the CEO of TechSoup. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: I'm really excited to talk to you. I am a longtime fan and user of TechSoup, and I asked for some of your time to talk about some exciting new things coming down the pipe. But um, for the very few people that may not be as familiar with TechSoup and the work that you do for nonprofits and charities uh, all over, can you just introduce what is your role? What's the mission of TechSoup?
1: Our mission is to be a connecting bridge uh, for technology to be used for a more equitable planet, And we do that in a number of ways, but probably something that we're well known for, I think, among many uh, nonprofit organizations and libraries is that we um, are a a kind of a place where they can come in in one spot and find the donated technology from many, many leading uh, companies, more than 100 corporations and providers and also uh, some educational content and um, increasingly other exciting things like services and support for it uh, to really put their project together to kind of imagine what they can do and to uh, choose and use the the technology and uh, and bring it for the benefit of their mission
0: so I think almost every nonprofit uh, out there has had a chance to hear about at least the software donation end of what you're doing. You've been doing it for a very long time and, uh, you know, have partnered with the likes of Google for nonprofits and, and others to be that engine that helps them make their job easier. But you then kind of have to take on the responsibility of knowing who's an eligible uh, registered charity, if it's a United States based thing, for example, or others doing. Um, do you um, do you think that most people, you know, as they're coming in, creating new nonprofits and whatnot, have an easy time finding out that if they are looking for help from people like Microsoft or Adobe or whatever, that generally that means they start a relationship with TechSoup first and then they can see what they're eligible for?
1: Well, it's it's interesting because we we see even when we're at events uh, with organizations that have been around for a while, as well as new ones that they they may not know about TechSoup and the resources we offer. And sometimes I I joke that it's a a best kept secret, because often when someone learns about it, they're very excited about it. Uh, But it's it's also related to the fact that there there is turnover in organizations, and sometimes the people that had the position or the volunteer that was helping with technology is no longer there. Uh, So we do try to get that word out to all those constituents, including new organizations, Uh, and we are available with uh, many of our resources in more than 200 countries and and territories around the world. Uh, So you know we're getting that word out all the time and we've reached about a million organizations but I think you'll still find if you're uh, working with local organizations or on the board or um, supporting with donations that that your organization may not may not realize that there's this really terrific resource available for them.
0: And, and it's shifted, I think, pretty dramatically as the sector has shifted. And, and we're going to start to get into these kind of new changes that are coming because um, my first uh, TechSoup donation, of course, I had to, to wait for physical CDs to show up in the mail to then do an installation with, uh, which I don't, maybe it still happens some, but I, almost everything I've done recently has either been a subscription-based service um, that one logs into or a digital download of material. So I don't know how often people are still having to ship physical media to take advantage of the software pieces, but um, back then we, you know, we had to look at. Uh, I'm going to get my copy of you know Microsoft Office 2003, and you know, here we go. They're, it's going to arrive in the mail, and that really was a huge help to the organizations I've worked with to not have to pay for loads of licenses for all those things for their folks. But as the world has shifted to more subscription based services and downloaded software as opposed to physical media showing up, uh, are are more people you think kind of finding you because it's an online service for an online service or does that maybe still not help?
1: I'm not sure that, uh, you know, I, I think in these days, everybody does expect to find information online and probably a search engine is where many people start who are are working in the sector trying to find technology or other kind of capacity resources. Um, and so it helps that we we show up there and, and so forth. But I, I think this, all these changes in technology, as you, I, I started here um, when there were, was physical product and, and CDs. And as you say, it has changed quite a lot and it's changing more. I don't know if it makes it any easier to find things because in some ways there are many more options Hmm. available and some of them seem kind of affordable, but making the choice between them, I think can be quite overwhelming, especially for many uh, smaller organizations that as you probably are aware, do not have dedicated um, technical staff. They may have someone who is willing to sort of oversee that, but is a bit more self-taught. And then even for the larger ones, they have, of course, sometimes unique challenges, even though they may have the technology knowledge, they may still have a difficult time finding exactly what they're looking for.
0: Yeah, that's, I guess, a, a little bit of a problem of your level of success, that um, there, there are um, many many partners that are participating with TechSoup in the software side of it, in particular. Uh, so you do have some choices about you know if I want to use uh, the the uh, Google Suite series of products for um, productivity within my team, that's great. But there's also Microsoft uh, products that have those same online capacities, and now I've got to choose which one of those is right for me, and uh, how many licenses do I need, and all those kinds of of things. So uh, I think probably when many of us began, it's like we need Office and if adobe will give us something we'll take it and then you kind of move on from there but now there's so much more going on that uh that's very exciting to learn about and see but as you've looked at your mission responsibilities in the world to kind of equalize that it it my first understanding of the expansion of your work really past software was into hardware first before we get into services, and you've been doing that for a while now. So, um how did the idea come to your team that we're going to expand how we do this and hardware is one of those real challenges for especially smaller organizations that really don't understand or have lots of technical expertise staff available?
1: Well, you know we're we're um, you could never accuse TechSoup of being a, an organization with a small vision so even <laughs> Even when we launched the the donation uh, you know, platform, when e-commerce was kind of the new thing uh, going on in the world, um, you know, we, we wanted to make a place that was for choice, a, a place for nonprofits to come and get help with anything they were doing, and we wanted to include hardware, but it was it was a lot different uh, to get donated hardware than it was to get uh, donated software for a number of reasons. I mean, one is that that software because pretty much the only real hard cost that it had for the donor was the cost of the the disc, you know, Um, for the the, uh, hardware provider, it had, you know, a pretty solid cost of goods sold. So getting them to, to offer that at scale and put it together was difficult and also, um, you know you may have differences and you need to you need to be more local perhaps to to get that because there are shipping costs or when you get into other countries, you know different types of uh, electrical connections and things like that. So there just were complexities with hardware. So we we started uh, early on with a refurbished computer initiative. Um, and that that had its challenges. And in fact, when we first launched it, we got um, quite a bit of customer response from nonprofits to say, this is really not a good offer uh and you know we took that feedback to heart as we always do and um we we talked about you know what we tried to put in place and kind of what was feasible and we we have had that program for many years now and it's it's improved a lot i think uh, over over the course of time but what we've also gotten better at doing and gotten more interest from is is new hardware being offered um and so that that has you know shown we've got really like a we've tripled the over the last four years, the uh, amount of organizations that are able to get um, hardware that's really up to you know kind of modern standards and, and what they need in their organizations, and um, we're we really excited about that. And we keep adding uh, more companies to it who now I think because hardware has evolved and become, you know, people hang on to their PCs longer, uh, not just in the nonprofit world, but I mean mm-hmm. in the business world, it has a longer life and. Uh, and and so I just think there's a proliferation of devices, um, and you know the, the the ability to keep things longer, and and there's more you know demand for hardware um, that, and I think that the providers that are also willing to provide you know the the more up to date and new hardware at special pricing you know for for nonprofits and charities. So we we've seen more supply there. We we see demand growing as well. And um, we look forward to offering more there. But it was always in the plan. It just became, I I think, a bit more timely to do it. And we've just finally gotten some traction with it.
0: Well, and I think part of what you're describing, as I'm hearing you talk about it because of the um, perhaps extended longevity of hardware is more because so much of what we're asking of computer processing is not happening on that local machine anymore, where we, you know, maybe back in the day did run our copy of Office and our Adobe software and all that locally, but much more of that is available in the cloud and native processing there. So services kind of becomes that important piece of if I don't need a great deal of hardware and I want to spend the least amount of money I can, but I'm going to be much more reliant on my connectivity and my service provision and whatnot. Um, That organization that maybe doesn't have lots of technical staff to think about those things um, may think, what's the right relationship for how do I get that support? And so you um, started offering different levels of service for different types of organizations. And again, as you said, your, your vision wasn't ever small. So to talk about how connectivity allows you to provide that service remotely. Uh, is a different level again. And how do you see that part of your mission evolving and rolling out?
1: Well, we're we're really at early stages uh, with with services, but we're excited about it. And so, for the last few years, a lot of our move has been still on the software side. But as you mentioned, um, subscription-based software, cloud uh, computing, and cloud offers. Um, and so, we have you know done uh, the work that needed to be done with uh, the providers to. Um, to be able to make the the right kinds of offers available and make that affordable, and in many cases, um, to work in a different way with the corporate partners than we had in the past, in order to make sure that there was a, a you know selection of relevant offers, uh, cloud offers available through TechSoup, uh, and and so we've we've got a lot of things now, and as, as uh, the corporations are changing their models, uh, which they all are doing, um, to to either move away from or or largely uh, de-emphasize uh, on-premises uh, software and and move to uh, cloud computing solutions. You know we will we continue to go through that uh, transformation with them and we want to we have a real um, value around being relevant to the community and although we are a social enterprise and the fees that get paid by uh, nonprofit organizations and libraries who come to TechSoup for these resources definitely sustain us and get re, uh, reinvested in the things that we do um, you know we also uh, feel that we we need to make sure that we continue to be relevant we're not we're not here to just kind of Sell things, or to even distribute things. We're we're here to help organizations, really, you know, choose and use uh, that that uh, software and and a, build a solution ultimately, and to kind of help put solutions together. So we're excited about where we are. It's a lot of um, the digital transformation of the the tech sector um, is hitting us as a nonprofit organization, and then we're also trying to we're also seeing that obviously with the. Uh, organizations that are helped through TechSoup, and so we we really want to be a good partner to them in um, in helping them really imagine what can be different with uh, in a in a kind of a more digital transformation mode which sounds like a a big fancy word but but, you know basically does uh, offer them ways to think about their work differently not just their back office you know kind of functions but also the delivery of their programs Um, and so we're we're um, just generally we've been doing research talking with them Engaging them in our service development, and and we've sort of you know our first kind of forays into it are pretty exciting. So we've we and I can I can say what they what a few of those examples are. Maybe it would be helpful. Um, if, if yeah, I, this is a great
0: time for that. Let's let's dive in.
1: Okay. Okay. Great. So um, one of the things we're doing is directly related to some of the the cloud uh, subscription offers. It can still be pretty confusing to organizations. Sometimes the 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 branding of different versions and the um, the kind of you know uh, terminology that is used by uh, corporations uh, to describe what their product choices are and so forth is not always that clear or maybe that uh, easily digestible for for some of the people that are working at nonprofits and trying to help them so we've got a number of kind of consultative services to do uh, help an organization assess um, you know sort of what their needs are in a small framework and then really help them think about what what the factors they should consider in making choice, we're very committed to the democratization of choice. We're also committed to being very transparent with the choices and you know the the various costs and uh, why they might want to consider one thing over another. That transparency, especially for things like uh, cloud solutions, is really not not that simple uh, for the most part. A lot of it is done through um, you know uh, organizations who really kind of want to sell services along with the the um, attaining of the subscription for the, the cloud licensing. And of course those services can be helpful, but sometimes just, you know, helping an organization have a little bit more privacy into what's the actual cost of that software on a subscription basis, and then letting them choose services that are um, affordable for them and also, you know, in, in the right kind of, uh, you know, quantity and, and order um, is, is what we're very committed to. So we have something that we think of as microservices, you know, which some of them are, are free in terms of uh, help to, to uh, make a choice between offers and others are, you know, maybe $40 up to $400 that are, uh, you know, related to setup and implementation and just, you know, kind of, let's call them small complexities of, of getting yourself going. And then there are also uh, services that are more related, a little bit more complex, to getting your users trained or to you know helping you when you actually uh, need to migrate data uh, and so forth. So those are those are things that can be, fall at the more expensive range. But we, we've got those kind of services. We've also got something called consultant connection, where um, a lot of times we hear from organizations that they do need uh, to hire someone to help them, but it. It's not very affordable often yeah. to go to your commercial providers locally. Uh, and so we we really want to um, expand that further. But uh, at present time, we've got uh, more than 100 consultants there who are, uh, you know, who, who have tagged themselves with various uh, capabilities and specialties. Uh, and they are, um, when they come in and join that directory, they they need to um you know, share their their nonprofit experience and um, have a few references and things there that others can look at. So we're doing a lot to kind of curate that and bring those kind of resources together to help people more easily connect with the help that they need to to do things. Um, And then we've got something called TechSoup Courses, which is an online learning platform. Uh, We've got about 12,000 learners in there. Um, And we've got lots of course content around many things, you know, uh, how you use Facebook to do marketing or strengthen your brand or how Google Analytics can help you uh, with your, your website and understanding what's happening there. Um, lots of Microsoft-specific things. Uh, so many different courses there and some of them are at a kind of a, you know, entry level, some, and there's a progression, you know, up several levels and even to the point of of working with a cohort of other people doing similar things or having access uh, directly to experts who can answer specific questions for you. So we're really excited about those kind of offers. And we've got a couple more levels, which are more on the, if you really need full help to manage, perhaps you want to outsource your management of IT to somebody who works with nonprofits um, or or get a kind of an on-demand help desk type support. So those are all things that are in our catalog of service offerings.
0: Well, as you point out, the the need for the charities to be able to take full advantage of the technology resources at their disposal to accomplish their mission work is is huge. There's just so many uh, organizations that don't have loads of uh, full time staff that can really examine all these things. But that means you need the capacity to reach all of those charities all over the world that need that stuff. And that's you know I think we've buried the lead long enough to kind of jump into this idea of of going to the nonprofit finance fund which is a long established partner out there that looks at the use of capital for mission in, in a very different way from, you know, perhaps how other people think about things. And, and I, I really have been an admirer of their work. So when I heard that, that they're partnering with you on some loan funds to expand what you're doing, um, I was really interested to say, wow, what, what is it about the idea of that source of capital? that helps you grow at the right pace and then moving to this other idea about a direct public offering and how that works. But let's, let's just start with the idea of getting some more investment right up front so that you can kind of look at a, at a bigger service. How did you begin the conversation with the nonprofit finance fund? Um, why them as a partner in deciding how you wanted to do this?
1: Well, uh, it really began with us, uh, you know developing a strategy, uh, again, in conjunction with talking with the, the nonprofits that have been um, you know coming to to TechSoup for resources and also supporting our activities for for many years uh, to determine just how we can be relevant and valuable to them. And once we developed the strategy, we also realized that it would require us to, require us to make investments in new kinds of services, new kinds of, uh um, provider relationships uh and to uh, create a user experience that made it easier for uh the the nonprofits coming and connecting uh to really you know find what what was relevant for them if you have more choice it, it's great but but not if you don't know how to, to navigate through mm-hmm. the choices so all of those things um you know, told us that in order to scale the services, keep it affordable, which is very critical because we know everyone has needs, but what they can afford and and how you kind of fit those two parts together is is kind of the trick. Uh, So we we had something that we called our growth capital campaign. Uh, And in in thinking about how to go about that, of course, the, the wisdom is kind of go to the supporters that you, you know, already have, you know, the foundations who already support you or or the corporations who support you. And of course those people have been uh, supporting us so over the years, but just not sufficiently enough that we would really grow. Like we, we know that we can, you know, greatly grow the number of organizations um, that are getting help through TechSoup uh, as well as expand these services. And, um, and we see those possibilities, but, you know, needed the, the money to invest in our business processes and, and our technology platform and in our programmatic areas and and so we've got five initiatives uh, that are that are part of that plan when we started the conversation um, we we really liked the idea of something participatory and so it actually did start with the direct public offering framework Uh, and what what we um, liked about direct public offering is we have a community of a million organizations that have been supported through this service and Um, we are able to go out to them and the 100 corporations and 200 foundations who also get services from TechSoup and so forth, and um, invite them to invest in us in a new way, Um, not not simply uh, by perhaps paying a fee for service as they have been, or perhaps providing grants, but also to, to really become an investor, an engaged investor who is uh, following our progress closely because they're hearing a lot from us and also guiding us and so forth. So, we kind of that really appealed to me because it just felt like a you know, to, to kind of engage our community gives our community an even higher stake in uh, this tool that is really here for them. Uh, so, that's how the conversation started. And, Nonprofit Finance Fund, um, when we were first scaling the, the online donation platform. Uh, we nonprofit finance fund supported us with a loan a relatively small loan at that time to implement our, our CRM and some of the systems uh and we had we had no uh, debt at all for for many years so we we really went and sought uh, people out like at the you know social capital um, markets conference to say hey, we're thinking about doing this dPO you know what is your advice who might support this? do you think this is a good uh you know, kind of form for us to take in our in our funding, and um, and there we started a conversation uh, now a couple of years ago um, with nonprofit finance fund, and they were really interested in what we were doing, it weren't necessarily uh, because of the nature of wanting to do a larger uh, loan to support the activity. Uh, not necessarily wanting to do it in the form of a, a collective investment tool like the direct public offering, but but for the same kind of strategy. And they specifically chose two of our program areas. One of which was the next generation um, NGO technology marketplace, which is the same kinds of things we do today, but you know with with the services built in and the ability for organizations to connect and find others in, in cohorts that will um, you know help them advance their use of technology and their digital strategies. Uh, And the second area was taking our underlying uh, common data model and our data set on a million nonprofit organizations and building an application layer around that that allows us to uh, provide what we do around the eligibility and validation and outreach to nonprofit organizations to people who are not in our marketplace, but have their own marketplace, like an Airbnb for their social impact experiences, or an Amazon Smile, uh, or even Google for nonprofits. You know, the, the experience is happening on Google's website, but is powering that from behind. Mm-hmm. So it's the building out of those two service areas that um, NFF specifically chose to support with, uh, with this $4 million loan. Uh, And then, as I say, that's part of our overall strategy, which is supported by the entire uh, direct public offering.
0: So I I was unfamiliar with the direct public offering until I heard about this from your work. So uh, there are other organizations that are using that that are in the nonprofit sphere? Or are you kind of blazing a trail here? Because I just didn't know anybody else that's taking this particular tact.
1: What's well, a little bit yes and yes there. Okay. Uh, there, there are um, a few different forms of direct public offerings. It's relatively new as a concept, um, but it it uh, there are some other kind of other nonprofits who have um, in the past few years done a. You can you can do them in forms that are sort of like in the state of California a direct public offering, for example. So so there are some who have done them, like to raise money for a building or uh, particularly because they they offer a service in a in a. A particular community, uh, you know, to to aim at that community, um, and uh, I mean a physical community in that case. Mm-hmm. And um, what is different about what we did here is we we were the first, or are the first nonprofit to be qualified by the Securities and Exchange Commission for this particular type of security, which is you know technically called a, a Reg A plus tier two. Uh, and that particular security uh, enables us to um, take investment from all 50 states. And that was, as I mentioned earlier, we do have a value around inclusion and uh, that was important to us. We wanted to give the opportunity to, to all of the uh, stakeholders that are part of TechSoup to be an investor. And we set it up with three, three levels of investment. Um, the total that we're seeking to raise altogether is $11.5 And we have a, a level that our corporate investors or, or large institutional investors, a minimum of, of $50,000 uh, there for a return of 5%. Uh, and we have a, a middle tier, which is sort of could be accredited or unaccredited investors um, for $2,500 minimum with a return of three and a half percent, and then we have a very very interesting tier. Um, not that the others aren't interesting <laughs> too, but but that's more of a community um, uh, note, and and that is uh, with a $50 minimum uh, and a two uh, percent return, and uh, we we really are interested in making it affordable for. The kind of person who just who works at the nonprofit level whether that's as a volunteer or consultant or executive director or the person who's managing i.t or a program who really understands the value of of these resources and you know we we often when we survey uh, people in the community they they often say really nice things about TechSoup, honestly, but then if you talk to them a little more, you you learn about all the things they wish we did, you know, or all the things they need that they can't find help with. So we're very interested in um, being guided by them and building out the services. And so we we like the idea of giving them an opportunity to be an impact investor about something that they care about.
0: So as you talk about this, it sounds to me as a new person learning about it, uh, more akin to a bond offering than any kind of like stock that might fluctuate. Is that correct? I mean, when you say 2% here for this investment or 5% for some larger folks that could tie it up, are they committing capital for a period of time and they get their rate out of it and then that's done and they can choose to renew at the end or not? Or is there something that's a little different about that?
1: It does work like that. I'm not an expert on bonds, so I, I really couldn't answer that, that uh, in, a, in a more technical sense. But uh, it is a debt offering. Um, you know, we, we are a 501c3 organization, so, so we don't have any concept of equity, of course. Uh, and it is, it is a you know, term uh, and, and a payout at the, the um, you know, end of that in terms of the principal amount and interest payment in the interim period.
0: So, what's the shortest amount of time that that might be available?
1: well, they're they're basically like a five- year term. Okay. For, for most of these commitments, yeah.
0: so that is is interesting, because you say that you're not because of a, being a nonprofit, you're not allowed to you know, as it were offer equity, but it's it's really social capital. It's social equity that we're building here. so it it isn't a I get to keep so much more money out of what you earned kind of question mark, but we're asking people to come to the table to invest in a different way in the mission work of TechSoup. Certainly people that get direct benefits out of it um, because they're, they're clients and, and we get that kind of help. But I'm, I'm really intrigued for you to reach out to people and say that, you know, if you've got a little extra capital that is ready to do some more mission work in the world, um, this is an opportunity besides going to your local bank and, and finding a way. Interesting again to me that even at a very small scale, uh, small people can participate in this. So it seems like you've put a fair amount of work into something that might have been less work to finance more traditionally, but is more inclusive and that's the exchange.
1: I, th- I think you're getting the point for sure. Um, I want to say that, of course, the money is important to us because uh, many of the things we need to do, um, we we can only, if we're just using what we can afford to self reinvest, you know, from the the administrative fees we charge today, uh, we will, we have been doing that and we will make progress towards these goals because we're, you know, we're committed to them. But uh, we need to go faster because everything is changing and the needs are here now. you know the moment is now to do these things. And so this this whole idea is to accelerate that. And I want to say though that the money is just part of it, the engagement from our community, the kind of signaling to the community that hey we recognize it's a new day and we want to build the right thing. We don't want to just exist. you know it's not important that we get bigger or that we exist just for our own sake. It's we are really fully an intermediary organization supporting the The most important work on the planet uh, that's going on on the part of all these organizations uh, that are that are out there doing the direct service work and so forth and so we their engagement in making sure that uh, you know we are really on the right path and giving us that feedback and participating and and uh, kind of vetting our ideas which we've been doing a lot of through our practices in the last few years Um, it's definitely made us smart what i've noticed lately is a few times we've been in um, sort of you know funder conversations either with uh, grant makers you know either government agencies or foundations but also with um, some of the, the tech companies, and they're they're seeing something that they really want to support like say more training for example mm-hmm. um, or other kind of services and you know we are we are ready to do it because we we you know we don't have everything built that we want but we've got a you know we've already done a lot of work a lot of pre work. Uh, we've, you know, gotten feedback and we've, we've you know, enhanced those services and, and kind of done an iterative process, you know, try to design things well, but then be flexible and change them. And, and we we can't do that without the engagement of, of our community. So I can tell that that pays off in making us ready for the opportunities. We, we get the privilege of sitting at the table with some of these, you know, significant decision makers who, who are going to bring the resources or shape the programs of the future uh, in the technology space and for other kind of capacity resources for the community. Um, we don't necessarily get to tell anyone what to do. We're We're kind of a, you know I, uh, we have a lot of people that we try to work in partnership with including a, a global network of, of partners um but we are trying to take into account all those various needs and viewpoints and sometimes we're able to provide data uh and say this is what we'll, we think will work and this is the feedback that we're hearing and uh and so i feel like that that position that is the privileged position to to be in uh, for the organization here is going to be made more effective and smarter with the engagement of our community.
0: It's such a fantastic and, and new, again, idea that it's just great for me to wrap my head around. I hope the folks listening can um, start thinking more aggressively about, are there other ways that people could then follow from what you're creating to think about, you know, maybe this tool is available for other missions besides the one that you're talking about, and they should be considering the idea of putting the extra time in, or perhaps it's there, there might be work out there where traditional financing mechanisms just don't work, uh, and it wouldn't be an option to go that way. And this provides um, a, kind of a, a shown light on a path to say, there's another option to engage community in a different way. I do think the amount of capital that is underutilized in even medium-sized nonprofits is kind of stunning. Most of it, you know, people are are pretty risk-averse. They don't want to invest in the wrong thing, and they certainly don't want to invest in something that they don't feel is a mission fit for their organization. Um, so they sometimes just sit on capital in traditional bank accounts getting essentially nothing. And it's really interesting to think, um, what if you did have a mission fit that did uh, really work for you at the right terms with the, the right kind of return, you know, the, how does that play in? And, you know, if TechSoup can do it, maybe others do. Are, are you talking with other charities about this now that you've been out there having this conversation about the direct public offering for a while?
1: We we are and um, one thing we're very committed to is sharing our learnings along the way, you know, where did we find helpful resources like as in our relationship with cutting edge capital that knows an awful lot about these kind of forms and um, you know, their securities attorneys who um, really uh, you know, feel the the mission and values around something like a direct public offering, and the the importance of capital markets for organizations, uh, you know, doing social impact work, uh, and and you know, along the way, we've just been really lucky to connect, you know, uh, in various conversations with with people who see the sometimes where these gaps are in in financing understand the benefit of the scale and um and you know who can really help you figure out the model we've also had lots of hiccups you know it took us um longer a lot longer than we thought it would i think that might be true of absolutely every big idea I've ever <laughs> seen in action but um it, you know we we found out that we uh, in order to um uh, you know have the approval that we sought here with security and securities and exchange commission you know we uh we knew that we would have to you know kind of uh, step up our game to meet all of the requirements, but there were some new things we had to do that you know weren't weren't always anticipated. Uh, and they took a little bit more time. And so uh, so I just say those lessons, we've been we've done some webinars already. Um, you know, we were doing articles and uh, podcasts and just ways of sharing that with others and and sometimes uh, maybe helping someone think about whether whether we think this this idea is a good one for for other organizations. And I can say that in a blanket way, I definitely think it's a model that that should be considered by others. It's not a it's not a one size fits all, however, for everyone, even right. as I said there are, there are different ways to do a direct public offering. There's also just plain old crowdfunding or or things that are um, you know more related to donation campaigns. Uh, but I think that uh, you know having a strategy is a really important underlying element. We haven't done one thing for the direct public offering that was simply about you know getting money, so to speak. it was we really were grounded in what we felt we needed to do for the organizations that we serve, for our beneficiaries, um, and in order to make sure that we weren't just kind of, you know, offering the yesterday's solutions and and not helping them move to the future. Because one day these corporations are not going to provide the on-premises software that that (laughs) many of us started with. And um, and so, you know, we want to help that path of change, that, that in fact digital transformation to be as, you know, as is, is, is painless and as, as uh, you know, kind of prosperous as it can be for organizations. Um, so from that point of view, you know, we know it's not a one size fits all, but we we also know that there are people who may be able to, you know, benefit from this kind of a model.
0: Well, I I do want to transition back to some of your core mission work as you're looking at how you finance the expansion and provide the services that you want to for a larger number of organizations out there. Navigating that changing world is kind of you know part of the reason of having uh, access to some more capital to do this investment. And I, I did want to ask you a little bit about that uh, transition to you know cloud based services as more and more of a thing. Um, I personally, uh, most of the time that I go to client sites, I am uh, running on a Chromebook. And it is more than enough for what I need to do when I am going and talking to charities to be able to access almost everything. I have desktop PC that runs Windows. I have a laptop that runs you know software that I need it to. But most of the time, I'm relying on those cloud-based services to do what I need them to do. And it doesn't cause me a hiccup. And I think that's an interesting thing you just mentioned about the idea of, are we making that transition um, because it's the right, strategic goal for our organization or because the companies that provide those services are just going to get us there, whether we felt like it was the right idea or not. Um, I I think that our biggest example of this with many clients I work with is around um, QuickBooks stuff that they uh, kind of got used to that desktop installation with a single user that, you know, is locked up in the back room somewhere that in this arcane vision. But more and more and more of this is being kind of like, you need a subscription now and uh, you can get, it, you know, through TechSoup and here's how it works. That transition is hard. And I, I think getting that conversation out there is is challenging when people don't feel like it's a core part of their mission, but it's a support thing. So how do, how do you continue to engage more people in this idea of more transition to subscription-based services, more transition to cloud-based services?
1: Well, you know, I think that there, there are always with making change it's about human beings and behavior and thinking about things and making change you know it's not easy for any of us right i mean i I can be a lot more productive. I mean, you know, as soon as my apps change the user interface, I mean, they may be making improvements, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, I now have to figure <laughs> out this whole new thing, you know. Me, yep. me, me and everyone else, but, you know, I'm older than than some, so probably that may be easier for, for some people than for others. But nevertheless, change has its, its uh, challenges for anybody. And I think that we're always being changed in part by um, – What's happening around us? Let's call them market forces or the the external environment. And um, at the same time, though, it's not just that the technology corporations are leaving, you know, the the on-premises software and moving to um, the the cloud software. They're also improving what they're doing with the cloud software for uh, charities and nonprofits. Um, and and others, libraries as well. But they're, they're, um, by by that I mean, I think they understand that the the next level of value is to think about nonprofit-specific applications. And they're doing partnerships uh, with different providers, you know, with fundraising tools and things. you've seen in the press lately, Microsoft and BlackBaud doing this, but developing a common data model um, for all of the kind of normal functions that many nonprofits um, have. And, um, and working with people to develop solutions that, that will run on this cloud platform. And there are choices in cloud platforms you know TechSoup has you know offers from uh, Amazon and uh, even when and and for from Google and Microsoft and even when you, you look at things like productivity suites there are three or four choices you know there you so you still need to decide which one should you go to and And, you know, it should be often the big brands are what nonprofits know the most and trust the most. But they also have to think about where do they have skill sets and, you know, who if they have have to depend on volunteers or they have to depend on services, you know, what what's affordable for them and what what can they uh, get access to. And I want to say, too, that you talked about doing everything mostly cloud based on your Chromebook, but you do live in a developed country. Right. Developed infrastructure and reliable electricity. And so, you know, the direct public offering, if if there were, if it were possible to do it globally, that's exactly what I would have done. But uh, it's not possible. But uh, we at least got the 50 U.S. states in there. Uh, although we do have places in the U.S. that, you know, don't have the best connectivity and so forth. And I, I can tell you that when I when I hear um, feedback from nonprofits and their worries and concerns about some of this move to the cloud. It's often over this kind of thing. I mean, they want to do it. They like the idea, but they don't have reliable connectivity.
0: It's a really good reminder that um, many of us get used to um, what honestly is relatively new. Uh, I mean, one of the things that makes this so easy for me is I have a late model Google phone that automatically tethers to the Chromebook. I don't have to Try to figure that out anymore, right? I I open my machine up anywhere in the service area that I live in a large metropolitan region. I have Good speed connectivity, not worried about data caps, I'm good to go. I realize, and I'm glad you kind of bring that up in this context, that navigating when those things may be the right time to think about that are going to be different for every community. Uh, and it's not necessarily about the technical skill or, or interest of the nonprofit, but rather where are they serving and what does that mean for them. So helping people to weigh all that out as these things are changing so dramatically uh, and, and relatively quickly, um, it's a an exciting mission, but right, it's a challenging one. Um, we're we're running a little low on time, so I want to um, make sure that I, I just kind of ask you quickly about what you see as next steps for some of this investment capital. Kind of where where does TechSoup go with this? um, next. Uh, and then, uh, we can wrap quickly with just, you know, how do people continue to stay engaged and learn more about your work? But, but first, you know, do you have a, we're rolling out more services first. We're going to just invest in more people so that there's more folks available. How do you, how do you start?
1: Well, we've, we've built out regional service centers for our, um, you know, cloud offers, um, around the world and um, we've got uh, seven of them that are, that are set up and um, we are uh, rolling out services there. So we've, we've done um, quite a bit around Microsoft's cloud offers. It's a very um, you know, high demand and also a very longstanding relationship, obviously, that TechSoup has with Microsoft.
0: Yep.
1: And, um, and we, we've built a lot of services that are directly around their offers, but we're in lots of conversations with others. Uh, as well, and can, and will be expanding that product portfolio. So yes, there are some there are some staff hires, but there's also um, tools, you know, knowledge-based tools and things that will help us share expertise uh, across uh, regions and areas, um, so that you know the combination of really local relevance and local support, which is done today through the the TechSoup network, but but also this kind of ability to um get have everyone leverage the same investment you know of uh, training resource or particular lessons learned or people to ask questions of and things like that that's really important for us because we're not just trying to scale services which are really difficult to scale um, we're also trying to do it in a very affordable way for, for this audience you know Um, And the way we go after that will be the development of of, uh, not only our own development of uh, nonprofit-specific applications, which we do with some of our caravan studio work and and mobile apps, uh, like the work we do with the Safe Shelter Collaborative or um, the Range app for, uh, you know, kind of uh, after uh, school meals and other kind of kind of instant resources that are, are sometimes needed in disaster situations. We've got a number of, of applications like that. but we, we can do that at, at a broader scale um, if we you know uh, further expand on those services and if we create a marketplace where it's very easy if you have developed a specific application to, to bring it in, And we also want to help organizations assess you know where they fall we've got an assessment tool but we want to build a next generation of that that uh, will help an organization decide um, by what criteria should they pick um, you know a particular uh, financial system or a particular crm uh, kind of tool um you know that will best position them if they've got multiple locations or depending upon you know if they have more remote staff or they whatever conditions they meet because it's not always by mission type or even size of org those are uh, some factors but there are other factors as well uh, some of the ones i've mentioned and so we we really want to make it easy for them you know to make those choices
0: well, as easy as can be when it's not your primary missionary. And I, I think that's why so many of us are grateful for uh, TechSoup being on the scene is, um, you know, I, I love the technology end myself, and I realize that that's an unusual thing in the nonprofit sector. Many of the folks I work with um, know the value of it and want to use it well, but are not... Um, comfortable and excited about it they just know that it's a tool they have to make a good decision about so um i think to them it may feel like a a more challenging process to come to that decision but knowing that you are there to help them you know with the tools all the way from donation software to you know looking at, at levels of hardware to services um and and now expanding that work so uh Last thing before I let you go, um, how how can people best kind of keep in touch with the, the implementation of this and the growth and everything that you're doing at TechSoup?
1: Well, obviously, they can choose to invest, which we would be very grateful for because we'll have um, high engagement uh, communications there, um, two way communications and that that will be a great way to not only follow progress, but also uh, influence it. Um, And then, you know, obviously, we have our blog and and our, our website and other resources like this to engage in. But I would just encourage folks to Um, I know it's hard because there's so much to do and so much to, Mm -hmm. but, you know, just go out and check out a few of the new things I mentioned, TechSoup courses and consultant connection and see what we've got in in, uh, hardware and other offers today that you may not be aware of because it is it is difficult with the growing choices to sometimes, uh, you know, find things and navigate it. And I want to say that, you know, we we don't, we're not about tech in a way. We don't, we don't, it's not, I I agree with you that I can sometimes find it exciting what it's what the possibilities are there. But really TechSoup is made up of a lot of people who just really we want to be friendly and make it easy and even fun to to deal with technology uh, for nonprofits. And uh, we're just a nonprofit ourselves. And what we care about is the the social impact and the work that's being done in the world and and just how to better support that.
0: That is a fantastic way to end a very exciting conversation. So uh, Rebecca Massisak, the Chief Executive Officer of TechSoup, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Steve.